0: yo 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 and welcome back to the banter boys podcast my name is sanji with me is john how you doing boy
1: oh just uh posted up here ready to uh have a little banter boys after dark at uh 10 p.m here in oslo so
0: yeah so you've uh, already broken out the uh scotch for us
1: yeah, this is actually uh, Irish whiskey. So
0: Ah, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, you mentioned off-air you were watching the uh, Champions League fixture. I mean, to timestamp it, we're recording on a Tuesday evening. Um, but which game were you following? Uh, the Newcastle PSG game. Uh, so, I wasn't watching it, but I saw the goal notification come up. I immediately turned on a delayed stream. And uh, Livermanto did quite well for that goal, man
1: yeah yeah uh but i mean uh donnarumma not great (laughs) i mean
0: since that uh euro championship uh i feel like he's just kind of dropped off uh, on a whole yeah i
1: i don't know what to really uh say about him as uh part-time italian national team fan the the performance levels have been sort of uh, wavering but never gonna take the um the
0: euros away from
1: from him so
0: at least one thing's consistent um about my co-host tonight ryan is a massive italian fan as well so okay uh th- yeah, yeah yeah uh thank you for filling in by the way john um i know you were a popular um request amongst our listeners and fans uh to make another reappearance so i thought you know what you were the first person that came to mind and uh yeah you were you eagerly responded yeah let's let's fucking do it (laughs) so uh thanks for taking your time to to chat with us tonight man yeah no problem hopefully i don't uh ruin my newfound popularity here (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure you'll be alright Okay, uh, before we get started, what I'm going to quickly do is, uh, you know, podcast biz, social plugs So Ross, do your thing right here Yeah, for sure, so you can message us on Twitter and Instagram, our handles at Bantabee On Discord, in the Draft PL channel, Bantaboys, hashtag 6585 On Reddit, you backslash banta underscore boys you can listen to us on spotify apple podcast google podcast soundcloud and youtube all under the name of banta boys Okay, uh, so hopefully you've listened to us, um, liked uh, the video, followed the podcast on whatever platform you are, Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube. Um, would really appreciate the, the you know the clicks and whatnot. It just helps those algorithms, helps us grow the content, the brand, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, um, so if you're new to the um, Banda Boys podcast, welcome. Uh, we talk about everything in the Fantrax game, uh, specifically the default version of the game. So typically how we roll these pods out is we have two halves. Uh, in the first half, we do a bit of a data dump where we look back at the previous game week and look at some categories. Uh, then we catch up in our leagues, see how we did, um, any moves that we're making, dilemmas that we're facing. Then we take our half pint. And then in the second half, we jump back in with Twitter questions and ones from our Discord. Come join the Discord, guys. It's it's a It's a vibe. Um, And if you're also, I guess, an old listener or a new listener, uh, one of the things we started doing recently as well is uh, we're doing our FA slash waiver picks um, basically on like the Sunday evening or the Monday evening. So if you've missed that, uh, please go catch that. I think that's episode 182. Um, and this is 183, but um, as always, you know, before we get started, we do like to have, you know, a little bit of a chat, catch up, that sort of stuff. Um, before I ask you about Aston Villa, how's your club doing? I mean, holding a Champions League spot with ease. Um, I did want to point out the fact that last time you were on the pod, a famous English footballer died. And now, yes, another one has passed away. Um, I'm I'm sure this is pure coincidence, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not Aaron Ramsey in disguise or, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's super, super sad to see, uh, Terry Venables go, you know, uh, legend in the game and, uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a tough one. It was, uh, right before the, um, Villa Spurs game this, uh, weekend. And I, I was afraid that uh, Spurs were going to ride the momentum of that to uh, avenge us for Terry. But uh, luckily, it played out in our favor, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, talk to me about Villa, man. Now that you've kind of brought it up, uh, you boys are just flying, man. Um, I thought, you know, just on the fact alone that you have a very shaky away form that you know it was an easy win for spurs but yet again uh emery pulls it out the bag i'm sure it didn't help spurs that you know they're running their b team at the moment missing a lot of their key players and stuff of like that but you still got the job done
1: yeah so i i wrote a little bit about this in the discord and um i think spurs were incredibly impressive in that game the energy level commitment etc cetera, etc cetera, that they showed um was really Im- unbelievable and definitely took us off guard um, the first half was a total mess and we were really just lucky to go into halftime down uh only a goal but that's where sort of like the quality of the manager showed in this occasion and Unai Emery got things sorted out right. I really hate this away formation that he's been using with um, Diego Carlos in as like an extra center back and then cash at right mid. It's like good for fantasy purposes for cash owners, but um, we don't have like enough people that can confidently possess the ball in these games and bringing Tielemans on for the second half as well as Bailey really like sort of helped us relax in possession and sort of uh, get a bigger foothold in the game, which we needed at that point. And then uh, it was smooth sailing. The team is really clinical. And um, that really matters at this upper end of the table when what's separating good teams from less good teams is really just how clinical they are and how good they are at making themselves better than the XG of it all, which is uh, as a Chelsea fan, maybe something that you know a little bit about at the moment, but also I just wanted to point out that I think the Chelsea game against Newcastle in the Villa game against Newcastle were like really, really similar. And that place is re- St. James Park is ridiculously hard to go to. Yeah. And I watched that game and it was I I don't think it was so bad. So if that's a segue to you with your
0: woes. I was hoping to avoid uh Chelsea at all costs. I mean, even Prash in our Discord was like, "Can we not talk about Chelsea this pod?" Uh to be honest, I I didn't watch the game because it was a 3 p.m. kickoff and uh Lucky being, you, being the awesome rule in the UK that it is, you know, they choose not to televise those games. So, uh, yeah, I I took it as a blessing for sure. Um, But I caught some highlights, you know, typical match of the day stuff. And Thiago Silva's age finally showed, I think, in that game a little bit. Uh, It also... His
1: error in the Villa game was really bad too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I guess I'm... a. I mean, hindsight is like a funny thing, but uh, maybe Gusto was probably better um, equipped to deal with, you know, uh, the pace of Gordon. Uh, James really struggled. Um, I mean, the first yellow card was really silly to just kick the ball away like that, stupidly. I mean, funny enough, Sterling did the same thing in the game as well. Um, So clearly, the players aren't listening or following. Um, Poch was banned as well for this game, right? He was up in the stands. So I don't know if that kind of plays on players' attitude and mentality during the game and stuff like that. But in a way, it's probably good that we had our worst performance while Poch was up in the stands because you kind of get that FIFA view of how everything unfolds. And maybe he might have a different tactical plan for us moving forward. Um, But yeah, it's it's disappointing that, you know, after such an impressive performance versus the champions, Manchester City, that four-all draw at the bridge, that this is what we followed up with. Um, But it's like you said, right? I wasn't really expecting much going to St. June's part, but to get thumped for one is a different story. Um, but yeah, we, we move forward. Um, that fixture is
1: so hard. I gotta, I gotta say, that, yeah, uh, it's crazy how good that team is at home. And the energy level is just like off the charts and you're either matching it or you're not and getting blown away. And that's what happened to Villa. So I wouldn't, Uh, be too hard on yourself
0: exactly uh so before we move on there's two names that you mentioned earlier that i do want to have a quick chat about because i don't think they're part of any of our questions um or in any of the numbers that we're going to mention in a bit but uh first one that comes to mind Lucadinia, uh last time we chatted you know there you warned me like you know maybe trade him out on a high Uh, Maybe it's time to get rid of him. Alex Marino's, you know, back. I think he's fit. He's been on the bench a few times. But it seems like Luca Dina is... uh, is, What's the best way to put it? Like, he's allergic to scoring shit points. Like, (laughs) regardless of what happens, he just keeps putting out the fan track's points. And his opposite number, Matty Cash keeps flopping um, and I mean we have a question about cash later on and we won't spend too much time talking about him but with with Dinia performing so well I mean fan tracks is one thing but on the pitch is a different thing should owners still be concerned about him like I guess the Moreno threat looming I would say yes
1: um, and on the last pod that we did, I think I um, also mentioned that it might not be like with um, like immediate, Yeah. but um, this winter schedule congestion is going to give Emery the chance to sort through the fullbacks and see which one he likes the most and against Spurs. I actually thought the limitations of Lucadigne were really clear.
2: Mm.
1: And um even though he had a good game by like the numbers, but he was receiving the ball in acres of space and then just going down the touchline and putting in a cross, mm. whereas Alex Moreno with his top end pace would be getting at the defender there and creating a much more threatening situation. And Lucadigne was often like the spare man and attacking transition, Mm -hmm. but Spurs sort of just like let Villa have that because they knew that he wasn't going to take anyone on and actually like create a high probability chance. Mm. Um, And I think that's like a level of dynamism that Emery wants to add to the team. The question is like, when is Alex Moreno going to not only be healthy, but like match fit, match sharp, ready to go, with the same pace that he left with mm-hmm. and maybe that's like in another month. I'm sure he'll probably play a bit against Legia Warsaw on Thursday and we'll get to see where he's at along with Ramsey, Zaniolo, Duran, like mm. all of these sort of rotation options for the winter.
2: Yeah.
0: And then we'll we'll get a better picture, I think. Cool. And Last name before we jump into our first uh, segment that I want to quickly touch on, uh, Yuri Tillemans. Uh, you know, there was a lot of hype about him leaving Leicester City. Um, he was a big player for them, even a big player in the Fantrax game. Uh, I spoke about him in my waiver article for the Draft Society as well this game week as a possible streamer, with Bubakar Kamara missing the fixture due to five yellow card accumulation. Uh, I'm assuming Yuri gets his chance to start yet another game. Um, I believe that was his second assist, the slide rule pass, for Ollie's goal in game week 13. Um... What what are your expectations from him uh, rest of the season? Do you think uh, again, it, like you mentioned, I guess with Moreno getting the opportunity to play, given the fixture congestion, maybe a bit of the same with Telemans?
1: Yeah, and as I mentioned in like my pre season uh, pod that we did, um, I thought that any game where like Telemans is the player playing in that Douglas Louise role. Mm. That player is going to score a lot of fan tracks points. The player that has the time to pick up their head, play through balls. Now Telemans was actually playing more of like a Buendia role in this game, which was sort of interesting. Um, Not something that we've seen from him before, Mm -hmm. but uh, pretty cool to watch as like a second striker. I think he played out there off the bench like once and was not very good. But in this game, he was a big difference maker. And um, with the way that uh, fan scoring is set up, he's the type of player that people should be wanting in their leagues. I think now him getting consistent starts, et cetera, et cetera, that is a different question. I think Kamara and Louise are like clearly preferred to him in a midfield too. So he's already started off the left. Now he's played 45 minutes at like supporting striker. So who knows where he's going to get in the team going forward. But Emery clearly really likes his tactical versatility. And he can do sort of a lot of the things that John McGinn does for the team where you can just use them wherever and they'll fit
0: in. Yeah, I uh, love that visibility in a player man. Uh he, he is a definitely a class player. All right, uh now I think we will jump into our first segment which is the data dump. Ay 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 ay. Fantasy with the Banta boys. All right, so looking back at game week thirteen, we're gonna start off with key passes. So the highest number of key passes recorded was six by Pascal Gross, then five by Bukayo Saka, then four by Jeremy Doku, James Garner, Morgan Gibbs White, Johan Goodmundson, Pedro Porro, and Toffolo. I forgot Toffolo's first name, but thoughts, <laughs> John. <laughs> Harry Harry Toffolo. Oh right, oh, the most English name yeah. possible. How could I how could I forget that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well my my first thought is that I uh dropped Toffolo and I didn't think I would regret it. And you know what? I still don't regret it. But
0: <laughs> No uh, way. Really?
1: Yeah. yeah look Spring cleaning, you know, out with the old, in with the new, or winter cleaning in this case. But yeah, that this defense position for in my leagues has been sort of uh, I'm just bringing in new people every week. Uh, but um, also, uh, Pascal Gross is pretty interesting. I mean, Forest is a team that if they score first the other team is going to create a lot of opportunities, but to see gross at the top of the list with six key passes is really, uh, impressive.
0: Mm.
1: He's sometimes around this list, but usually isn't going to be like the number one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that game was absolutely insane. So getting the key passes in, and like the game state that he got them in was pretty impressive as well because, uh, Brighton were down to 10 men for like the final 15 minutes of that one.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Pascal Gross got two assists as well. Oof. Yeah, so listen, he's he's always been like a player that racks up key passes for Brighton. Um, regardless of the season, regardless of the manager, he's always been up and around like, you know, the top two, top three players for Brighton. Um, but yeah. I think just a consistent performer, but you're right. Like it is strange to to see him up there by himself. Uh, a couple of I guess fullbacks here as well. Pedro Porro taking corners in Madison's absence. Maybe that helps his numbers a, a lot. I mean Toffolo. Um, I I think like I know you play a, in a auction league, and you know maybe your your rules are different. But I think standard twelve man league like Toffolo is definitely a, a player that you want to be rostering because I think he still managed to score four points after conceding three goals as well. Um, and he's known for creating chances. I think he's probably the best defensive attacking outlet that they have, um, Forrest. Um, but yeah, the the rest of them, I think, fairly straightforward, fairly standard. Good Munson, though, yet again, popping up with key passes. He's really coming along uh, the last few game weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Like...
1: West Ham are terrible and <laughs> they made Burnley look good for large swaths of that game. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I buy if I if I don't know if I'm buying uh good months in stock.
0: Fair. Fair. What if I was to tell you over the last four game weeks he's been averaging ten and a half ghost points per game?
1: That's pretty good. Then you're starting to speak my language. I think he's <laughs> rostered in my league, but um what what's Burnley's schedule in that period? Uh
0: so Burnley actually have a great run of fixtures at the moment. Uh so this game week they've got Sheffield United at home, Wolves away, oh, yeah. Brighton away, Everton at home, Fulham away. Yeah, so nice games.
1: For sure plug him in for that run. Yeah. Until like the Liverpool fixture. Um, yeah.
0: But uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough, man. Like, I'm a, I am mean, everyone that listens to this pod and everyone around the Fantrax community knows my love for Burnley. I still think they're a decent team. They play decent football, but they just lack, I think, some level of Premier League maturity to close out games, to, you know, avoid, you know losing game state that sort of stuff like uh, i from what i un- understood and heard and watching highlights and stuff of like that i think like you said they controlled majority of the game like up to like maybe the 85th minute and then last few minutes of the game they just you know let it slip and yeah i mean you keep doing that the premier league is gonna eat you up spit you out and yeah it is n- not one f- <laughs> for the light-hearted so I don't know. It it's uh there's they're still, you know, able to create chances. I'm still gonna plug him against Sheffield United for sure. Yeah but uh
1: against Sheffield United makes a ton of sense. On- yeah. Honestly, like I I hate to be so negative about the promoted teams, but like
0: <laughs> they're so bad.
1: <laughs> Villa have played um Luton in Burnley and like the quality level difference between those two games in every single other team that we've played this season was like night and day, where it's yeah. just like, it's impossible for me to take either of those teams seriously as like, well, okay. So like Luton puts in like professional performances. Yeah. And their players just aren't good enough to do the tactics and it's like incredibly boring. And, uh, I guess we'll touch on this a little bit later maybe. Um, but uh burnley like you're saying is just like totally naive and yeah. doesn't have any sort of like street smarts for the premier league and 100%. so i started dara o'shea this week who was like um really good and he's it looks like he's a name mm-hmm. that we'll talk about in one of the other categories and what does he do yep. in like the 75th minute but like score like a Tap in type own goal where you know of course it's the type of thing where like you need to deal with the cross yeah. or whatever but it's just like yeah. give me a break yeah. you know it, it's so frustrating
0: yeah and it's one of those things where i think prior to them conceding that own goal or whatever like when they, the ball came in for a cross they should have cleared it properly and yeah. they didn't clear it and the ball just kind of stayed in their zone. They panicked a bit. Somehow got it out the box. But yeah, once once that kind of like nervousness, or that nervous energy settles in to your team, like it's hard to to not concede. Um, and they were yeah,
1: cruising um, in that game, and it's just yeah. like, all right. it, it's, <laughs> honestly, I think I might have like so much like PTSD from watching Burnley play because it is exactly <laughs> how like Villa played when they first came back up and it was like no lead is safe no good performance is safe yeah it's uh, yeah, uh, sort of a brutal watch so exactly. sorry to the burnley fans out there i'm sure you're <laughs> having a rough go of it already but this i'm sure isn't making it any better
0: <laughs> all right uh next we've got shots and how many were on target so the highest number of shots recorded uh, in game week 13 was seven by Morgan Gibbs-White. He had only one on target. And that <laughs> must have been his penalty, which is kind of sad. Oh, um, my God. Then six shots attempted by Tavenier. He had five of them on target. Uh, go figure. Uh, And then five shots attempted by DCL with three on target. Haaland with two of five on target. And Michael Elise back from injury, one of his five shots on target. Quick thoughts, John? Uh,
1: yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of like a tale of two good midfielders with Morgan Gibbs White and Tavernier um, being good midfielders in very different ways. Morgan Gibbs White being sort of, although his name is incredibly boring, being more of a sort of like a force <laughs> of nature on the field. So uh, he was really impactful in that game against Brighton. Um, but also from like a fan tracks perspective i feel like there's always something missing with him like mm. he's the type of player where there's like 90 percent good and 10 percent bad and a lot yeah. of the time people focus on the 10 percent bad and yeah. you know in the in the discord channel we've been talking a lot about him i feel like in like trade options and stuff like that and There's just this like community feel around him that's so divisive because, I mean, he is maybe just the most divisive player. Whereas (laughs) in my mind, so I'm a Tavernier owner and Mm. I'm like uh, the chairman of the board when it comes to Tavernier stock because he is so consistent and is so technically proficient Mm -hmm. and sort of gives you pascal gross vibes in the sense Mm -hmm. that it's like his crosses are on target his shots are on target he usually makes the right decision if he gets the ball in open space and because of that it's like he has a point floor that is really good and a ceiling Mm -hmm. that is like ridiculous if born myth weren't terrible
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Spot on. And honestly. Bournemouth's
1: fixtures are insane as well. So yeah. this is yeah, like yeah, yeah. Tavernier Town Time.
0: Yeah, I mean, reminder of Bournemouth's fixtures, Villa at home, Chris Palace away, United away, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home, Spurs away. That's that's good. That's all, all good point all potential.
1: Targets except maybe Spurs away. I mean I would like to think that Villa at home isn't, <laughs> a fixture, but uh, we're not that good away from home, so they could yeah. get at us. I'm, I'm quite worried about Bournemouth, that Bournemouth fixture. Actually, it's a it's a real trap game for Villa.
0: Yeah, the thing is with the whole Gibbs White um, like split opinion thing is, I feel like managers were spoiled by his points output last couple of seasons. And we're just like, okay, we're going to get more of the same. And he was pretty much tipped as like a round two pick, round three latest, I would say, if you were lucky to get him that late. Um, and maybe they're just expecting that level of consistency, but you can see like a, a day and night um, sort of points output from him, right? Um, flat track bully, shit against big teams, and yeah. maybe that's why they're like, okay, we drafted him so high, we need you know something better. But at this point, I think you just plug him and play him. Forget yeah. about what's coming because he takes penalties, he takes set pieces, like he can easily prove you wrong on a day. And sure, yes, he's had some shit scores, but there's a lot worse out there. <laughs> so I wouldn't be complaining. I'd just sit down, relax, and worry about other spots in your roster. In my league, he's better than uh, he's better this season than he was last season on a points per game basis. There you go. So it, it it could just be also league dependent as well, right? Just have yeah. some fun with your league scoring next time and you <laughs> won't have to worry about it at all.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's too much too much crazier than Default. I think he's been good. Like, it's just I people, he does annoying stuff. Like, take yeah. seven shots or whatever and put one of them on target and the one of them that's on target is a penalty. And so you watch that's... the games and you're like, what the hell, man? But he—he's like, <laughs> so good; it comes through in the
0: scores. So what you're saying is he's really good at penalties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is Acker crosses into the box. Um, so highest number was four by Olise, three by yet again Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, Morgan Gibbs White cooked this week. But let's touch on Olise, man. Uh, as he now off for a few weeks, um, Olise is the one to kind of step up. Um, I mean he got. He's got a damn good delivery on him as well. Yeah, he's saucy. I remember
1: watching him for Reading in the championship and he was like... All the Villa fans wanted to sign him, but he chose to stay in London and he's a heck of a player. I mean, wand of a left foot, as they say. That finish, though. um, (laughs) Yeah, these next four game weeks without Eze, he should
0: have like an insane level of responsibility. Who are they playing? West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, but then they are hosting Liverpool and then awaits the Etihad. Oh my God.
1: Well, those first two weeks are, <laughs> are going to be really good fixtures. Yeah. Um, Palace, I think have been one of the disappointments of the season. And I know they have injury issues and stuff like that, but they've really just played uninspiring football. Um, I guess the idea was that with Eze and Elise back, they'll have like threats on each side that will, Mm. but uh, they can never seem to be healthy at the same time. And now Eze is going to miss the whole festive fixture list probably. And um, it's still a little disappointing, but um, Elise, there's two great fixtures in there two less great but he'll have all of the creative duties so you should play him no matter what but maybe just expect uh, a little bit more out of those first two
0: yeah boy is just you know they're getting the job done you know get a result here maybe lose a few compliment the other teams like no one's gonna hate a boy they're gonna stay up like but yeah. i guess in terms of ambition like Having gotten to the semi-final just last season, was it? Um, in one of the cup competitions. Yeah, yeah it, it's like you you'd kind of want to see them kick on from there, but yeah, uh, I guess they're just happy, you know, existing. Football-wise,
1: so. it just feels like Wolves, Palace, and Fulham are sort of like. In the league to make up the numbers this season yeah <laughs> and uh it's really hard for me to be passionate about them in any way like that wolves fulham monday night game was crazy Terrible. entertaining <laughs> crazy entertaining and i somehow found myself being like this does not matter
2: it was like, watching <laughs> it like, was like a so strange bad. like
1: foreign league game where, like like a game in latvia or something that you just tune into where it's like Okay, this is
0: just vibes. <laughs> really? Yeah, It's it was literally background noise for me last night. And there were three penalties. Yeah. Like, it just kept going. And you thought there was maybe going to be a fourth penalty at one point, but... Oh my god. Yeah, it was, it was just ridiculous, man. Um, okay, let's move on to the final one, which is the extra categories. Uh, so, highest number of tackles one was five by Norgard. Highest number of dispossessions was seven by Solanke. Totally, then, yeah. right up <laughs> right up behind him was 5 by Kudus uh, interceptions there was a high of 4 by Castagne uh, Gay uh, Lockyer Onyeka and Murillo Uh, clearances. there was a high of 12 by Pinnock 10 by Menji uh successful dribbles uh 12 by Jeremy Goku uh Son Goku Doku you know uh 6 by Kulusevski 5 by Kudus uh aerials there was a high of 8 by Senesi uh 7 by McBurney who only played 45 minutes uh and O'Shea also got seven aerials and then finally block shots uh 4 by Matip and then 3 by Dunk while he was on the pitch and 3 by Lindelof as well thoughts John yeah so you guys um
1: uh mention mengi on the waivers pod yeah um well i guess it's sort of relevant to one of the questions that we might touch on later but i was sort of like intrigued on like a i I wasn't familiar with your game type level uh uh earlier today and was sort of checking into his stats i was like maybe i'm gonna try and bring him in but um There wasn't anything too inspiring there, but I feel like he could be the Luton defender to own if you were in a situation where you wanted to own a Luton defender, and in which case I feel profoundly sorry for you. (laughs) Um, And then obviously like the number that jumps off the page other than seven dispossessions for Solanke, which how, um, is the the 12... um, completed dribbles for for Doku and I think like this, this guy is unreal for fantasy I I think I said in the discord that these are like peak Adama Triore numbers except in a system where you're reliably gonna get end product
0: you know he broke up to that day right <laughs> like <laughs> the game couldn't keep up yeah, with how ridiculous. many dribbles was he was doing like every time you refresh it, there was a new score. There yeah, was a the new COS score. And it was still updated. He's
1: on my team. <laughs> I was fired up. I just, I saw Trent just backing off him constantly. It was just like
0: Oh. And you know, you know what's the sad thing? The only thing I really noticed about that game was Trent cut his hair again. He looks like, you know, uh-huh. baby boy Trent all over again. Mm. He scored a he ba- a banger of a goal, I want to say. Yeah. It was a good finish. Um, is Trent back? I don't know. I don't know. He never but... left, but also
1: that game. <laughs> is it allowed? Are we allowed to say that um, the two best teams in the league this season, or maybe two of the three best teams in the league this season are absolute hell to watch. Like every single Manchester city and arsenal game is a chore to get through the arsenal. <laughs> game One of the worst games I've seen in my entire life.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean it's fitting as well that Kai actually scored the winner then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And but like, so it's the it's weird game like not much o- better. Like I get that it's like a tactical chess match up but there were no yeah. it was like there were not a lot of chances from open play.
0: I was pretty bored. Yeah, it's uh, like I mean the the City Liverpool one I, I wouldn't knock too much because I mean Liverpool is also the team that I think I tipped to win the title mm. if not City like uh, by default. But uh, Arsenal, I, and I, I don't know if I said it on this part, but I've definitely talked to people off air about it, is that their defense, they they look fucking strong in defense. Like, they could yeah. probably keep keep clean sheets for days. But their attack, something is missing. Something is off. You know, people keep talking about the Xhaka link missing and all that. But even, like, last few game weeks, I, I've i either seen it in the numbers or heard it on other podcasts. But, like, Saka's not even shooting anymore.
1: No. Yeah, it's like... Over the, like the last five game weeks or something, his xG is point six or something. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. It's it's weird, man. Yeah, it, it, it's just tough for me to get through. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, I like. I mean, owner, and uh, I like watched the game like basically being the meme of like the guy pointing with a stick saying do something. Where it's you remember last season where they were playing such fluid football and like everyone was getting involved in every move. And now I'm just like looking at the TV, watching them like statically pass the ball around, thinking, What what has happened to the game I love? And then Declan Rice just runs ninety meters in the span of uh, three seconds and saves every situation and they yeah, they're amazing in defense. I think they'll probably win the league, honestly in terms of this, like their yeah. defense. They just
0: have to score one goal yeah. in a game to win. Yeah, unless Ramsey lives in that. Because, my God, that was a scary watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was brutal. At various points during the I felt game.
1: bad for him, dude, I have to say. I thought, like, the first mistake I thought was funny, and then it was just like, oh, this is a person with shattered confidence. This is not yeah. entertaining. This is just sad
0: yeah yeah all right uh let's move on uh, to the next segment which is league updates oh, yeah. all right john talk to us uh catch us up in your league how's your season going so far let's go baby it's going great i'm
1: uh on top of the table nine and four with the most points scored um just got a a win in a a big uh rivalry match over one of my league mates and um, he put up a ton of points so all uh credit to him but uh and he had Bellegarde in that last game who uh lo- looked like he was going to go off but thankfully got subbed off at 60 minutes for Kalajic um There's another huge matchup this week. I'm playing the other guy who's tied at the top of the standings with nine and four. So could go to outright uh, first place um, this
0: week. So pretty, pretty good. (laughs) Nice, man. Um, So what was good about your roster this week? Regrets? Any concerns moving forward? And what moves did you make?
1: Yeah. um, So... Basically, the fundamentals for my team this season has just been letting Jeremy Doku and uh, Ollie Watkins cook and then finding good streamers. And um, that's basically what I did this week, except uh, Tavernier cooked and Watkins
0: put up like a Tavernier score. Um yeah I came up against Tav this week but uh or Let, let's 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 focus on <laughs> on yours. <laughs>
1: um I streamed in Lo Celso from Waver's uh, prematurely which uh paid off. Um streamed in Fodderingham, which uh prompted me in our like league chat to say that next season we're going to deduct something like 3 to 5 points for uh, errors that directly lead to goals especially with goalkeepers because <laughs> you shouldn't be able to put up 12 points uh, well in my league it was 12 points with um, uh, basically giving the ball to the other team and letting them score um, and that was about it I, I had terrible defender streamers but my mid and uh, forwards just carried the load
0: nice yeah, um I have no idea what Fodderingham was doing outside oh, that dude, far. That 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 was a clown. <laughs> what <am> I going? <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it's it's like you said, man, um the promoted teams are like I've never I can't remember the last time it was this bad, honestly. Yeah,
1: I so I I was listening to the double pivot podcast today, and they were talking about the um relegation battle and there's like mm. there's their database has it that no team has ever been as bad as sheffield united
0: Jeez, wow yeah it's it's uh it's quite sad man it's quite sad all right um any any other updates you want to give anything else you want to touch on uh i mean you made some moves which yeah uh, do, you do, to, do you want me to do you want me to just on. uh
1: just uh, babble so that you don't have to talk about uh, what happened up here that I'm looking at right now.
0: Up here, what are you talking about? The
1: the cup performance, the league performance, the IGL oh, performance.
0: I mean, well,
1: the trifecta. Uh, we. <laughs>
0: it was it was worse last week because I had four losses last oh week. My yeah, God. Not, four losses. That's really bum- hard to do. I've, yeah, listen, I'm uh, breaking all the wrong records at the moment. <laughs> Um, by, by the way, I, I saw that you, uh, left Ben Mee on your bench versus Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, do you not think that he has like pinnacle levels where you just always got to play him? Yeah,
1: but I still have like Arsenal of last season drilled into my brain where it's like, <laughs> feels like a bad start. And I was yeah. starting, like, I started Bogle against, uh, Bournemouth and, uh, Dara O'Shea against West Ham. I was like, these are good picks. But <laughs> I, I think I over I overthought it. So he's coming yeah. in next week against Luton. Don't worry.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Um, and in terms of your FA grabs or waiver moves, uh, who did you end up getting?
1: Yeah, so I transferred out foddering him to go set and forget David Raya. I think he's actually a really good goalkeeper. Um, and beyond like the clean sheets he should get a lot of saves because he is a good goalkeeper so hopefully getting sort of like allison-esque production out of him maybe with a few less shots attempted um picked up ire for the game against uh luton uh hopefully he starts but uh luton is just such a good matchup for um Defenders because of all the aerial battles that they're looking to create to get like the knockdowns to create repossession Um, Mm -hmm. and I have now picked up and dropped Lewis Hall I think four times in our league Um, (laughs) so uh, nothing new there but I I really believe in him you probably know a little bit about him as like a Chelsea kid going forward for Newcastle at home. I feel like he should be able to put up some monster scores from
0: left-back. Yeah, I mean, he put up 10 points in 45 minutes. Uh, Chelsea legend, obviously. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, as in Chelsea fashion, we tend to not keep uh, exciting, promising prospects. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. uh, it's weird, you know, especially after signing every single child on the planet for an 8-10 to year contract uh he didn't get one it was uh, it was a little strange but um now i think uh, we will unfortunately have to focus on my results uh, sanji where did it losses go wrong all around. <laughs> <laughs> where did it go wrong um okay so where do, where talk did it about go right my- first yeah <laughs> well, I mean that's why we've got a game of good, you know? <laughs> um so in DPL Com League, um yes, I had a loss in the cup in the league, but we usually just focus on the league because I feel like cups are you can't really plan for. I don't really plan for if I win, I win, if I lose, I lose. Um but I came up against our League Commission, I think. Uh lost 113 to 44, got Ooh. fucking smashed, to be honest. Nope. Um It didn't help that he had uh markers uh tavernier um i'm just pulling it up yeah he had tavernier uh he had Loselso, he had poro so those were like the majority of his points yeah. um but uh i guess if i had to take some positivity out of my game week uh tarkovsky putting up positive digits even though he conceded three um i mean douglas lewik's Douglas Luiz keeps cooking. Huang on penalties. That's a good sign, I guess, moving forward. Um, My grabs like Goodmanson, although I benched him. He absolutely cooked. Got just under 16 points. All ghost points. And Livermento as well. Got a decent uh, tidy haul of six and a half. Uh, So, I mean, moving forward, like, I know what to do. And it's weird, like, I remember pre-game week starting and on the pod I was like, yeah, I'm just going to play both Goodmanson and Brownhill and either one of them is going to cook and I obviously benched the one that, you know, smashed it. Um, But I mean, like... My regrets, I guess, would be, you know, taking punts and not trusting my team and trusting my own advice. Uh, like, you know, punting on the likes of Danny Ings. I saw, oh my god, Ings versus a promoted team? Surely drops 0.5 points. Um, and he only got that 0.5 on stat correction. So he really dropped a big fat zero, right? Um, and I was at some, like, meets event, uh, meeting, like, fellow content creators and stuff of like that. So, like the arsenal brentford lineup i just automatically assumed in my head matthias jensen was starting because he never ever not starts um and i don't know if like i didn't notice the flag or whatever but i remember watching the arsenal brentford game live and the team sheets come up and i was just like looking at the brentford team i was like where the fuck is matthias jensen and you know like obviously in fan tracks it does like that lock one minute before kickoffs. Mm. And that's usually when they show team sheets for any match. I was like, well, fuck me, it's too late to make the change now. And like he was basically stuck on my roster in like both my leagues, right? Um, but whatever. Uh my roster concern is definitely a like a massive, massive concern. Um, the two big things are I've got triple Everton defense. Is this a good idea or a bad idea, John? Uh well, what's the triple? Uh Pickford, Mikulenko and Tarkovsky. Yeah. I mean
1: eh. Mikolenko and Tarkovsky is a good idea. I don't totally love Pickford as a goalkeeper, but it's it's a goalkeeper. Um Yeah. I I think I mean so like the issue with like any triple is that you're really like living and dying by the clean sheet and like introducing <laughs> yeah. that like level of variance into your team by, like, one team's fortunes is going to turn you into, like, the biggest Everton hater of all time by the end of the season.
0: <laughs> what What's worse is that, like, I completely forgot that Raya was on waivers mm. this week, and uh, I should have probably moved on Kelleher as well. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, Kelleher might even turn out to be worse because Alisson single-handedly keeps Liverpool in games. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't...
1: I Kelleher's fine, but t- like obviously getting like a above average long-term keeper is going to be better than getting in like an
0: injury sub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh another concern is I've got four dead spots on my bench, Harvey Barnes, Eze, Jota and Ivan Toni. So I'm play- playing with like one flexible spot, which is not a very comfortable feeling moving into this congested period of the season where everyone's going to be rotating, random people are going to be yeah. benched. Like, I might just have to roll with the punches at this point because um, it's hard to drop anyone from my main starting roster. I might have to make some bold calls, ones that I'm not comfortable with, but I mean, you got to be ruthless What's your as a sometimes to get wins. Oh, God, it just gets worse with this conversation. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine. Uh, honestly, I was avoiding looking at my table. I don't want to focus on it until like halfway through the season, but I'm 7 wins, 6 losses. Oh, that's not
1: too bad. I was going to say yeah. if you're if you're under 500 right now, it might mm-hmm. be the time to start evaluating those Ivan Tony, Harvey
0: Barnes roster
1: positions.
0: Mate, I'd be evaluating whether or not I should be doing a podcast at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, quickly into IGL. Oh, by the way, the um, FA waiver move I basically did was the same thing on both teams, um, which was basically getting Jay Rodriguez. But in igl again lost over there i could have won there which was sad i lost 60, 63 to 80 um i guess the good stuff was we talked about lucadienius just continuing to smash it i also grabbed loselso as a free agent in this league i was so happy about that cuz i was a massive fan of his not because he's argentinian but like when he first came into the league like i had high hopes yeah, for me him too. so I'm kind of glad that he's getting his opportunity now, and what a banger of a goal to like, you know, kickstart your campaign in a sense. Um regrets again, same thing as not trusting my team, taking puns. I saw Townsend free, grabbed him, zero points, uh, left Jensen frozen on my team, which forced me to bench Douglas Louise uh and Goodmundson. so yeah I could have easily won this game week so there's no real roster concerns like my team is healthy I'm in a great spot in this league I think I was just slacking off this game week a little bit um I was kind of just busy in the moment I should have been a bit more focused uh so yeah I mean I'll fix that moving forward no other concerns are you getting complacent and... A little bit, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, uh, you know, it's just fantasy football. Because, like, the thing is, like, I just recently moved and there's, like, a lot going on in my personal life and stuff of like that. And, like, when that shit stresses you out, I'm like, do I really need fantasy football to be stressing me out? No. Nah. Plus, this is just more entertaining content yeah. for everyone yeah. else, right? So. Yeah,
1: this is how you get right <laughs> down the rabbit <laughs> hole of transferring in Jay Rodriguez in multiple leagues. <laughs>
0: There you go. You know, double down the pain. No, but come on, he's facing Sheffield United. Yeah, but it's Burnley. like it is literally the <laughs> easiest fixture on paper, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, so this is like uh, this is like Dumb and Dumber with Burnley and Sheffield United. <laughs> it's the one team that I do not trust to perform against Sheffield United.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna get Burnford. <laughs> but anyway, it'll be fine. No, it's fine. I think. Fine.
1: If it if it <laughs> since it's a double transfer, it's fun.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. If he right.
1: goes off, you got to make your like icon, uh, J Rod two J Rodriguez's in the dumb and dumber suit, <laughs> just back yeah. to back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> love that. All right, um, cool. That is it for the first half of the pod. Uh, so we're gonna take a break. Half pint, and we will be back with uh, questions in a bit. and we are back uh so quick check in to the champions league scores um all english teams are winning that's good
1: coefficient baby that fifth place aston villa we have our name on it
0: (laughs) there you go yeah yo man that's gonna be so good like you, you know you're going to definitely have to jump over the pond and uh, come watch some Champions League games. The right? very,
1: the very small pond between Norway and England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, nor- the North. I mean, sea. swim if you have to, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, we're in the Conference League right now, and if I look. I love my baby, but if I didn't have this baby, I would be going with the boys to Bosnia in a couple of weeks, and uh, that would be electric.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. Um, I mean, listen, it's just a matter of time until uh, you take him to some villa mm. games and stuff like that, right? So, when my
1: wife was pregnant, we were at the Brighton uh, game, the last game of last season. So,
0: uh, he's already been. love it (laughs) It, it, maybe you know he just didn't have a very good view of the game that's all but he heard everything it was vibes (laughs) love it alright so we've got some questions from twitter or x or whatever the fuck you want to call it and we've got it from our discord guys come join our discord it's a fun place to be um but I guess I don't know since you're the guest do I ask you the questions or do you want to take turns well, this first one,
1: uh, I'll, I'll ask you, um, but I gotta say this is my favorite part of the episode. Um, <laughs> I like Questions to, off to dark. existential. <laughs> Last time I was a little drunker, so hopefully, uh, <laughs> this will be equally as fun for the listeners. So draft espresso ass um, and As a preface, I thought this was a good question. Yep. After the draft, you're in a cycle between one, sorting out your roster with help of waiver wire or trades and two, game time decision-making. For me, at least, these are two very different mindsets. Do you have any tips for staying objective slash consistent across the two?
0: Oh, this is like perfect timing because, I mean, we touched on me kind of bitching about how i you know usually dish out very good advice but then i do the complete opposite in the game week like as the game week kicks off so i think you know what's a it might sound silly but what's a nice strategy i think start of the game week like even the sunday evening or monday once the game week has ended like grab a sticky note write down you know what you think you should do or whatever or like screen grab you know set your lineup for the next game week screen grab it and just set it aside and wow. sure you know the madness might kick off people might be bench and stuff but revisit that and see like you know okay maybe what i'm saying makes sense and don't get caught up in the hype of you know oh x player is free oh y player is free they're starting that's starting and you start you know creating all these imaginary hypotheticals and you know you start dreaming a bit too big and just keep it simple don't overthink it keep it simple and just enjoy the rewards of uh you know all that hard work that you you spent uh you know preparing for your season by you know having a very good team that you drafted all along and stuff like that i mean you might not be in that situation where you uh, drafted well. But uh, I think for me personally, I think I might need to start doing that, is just trust trust yourself. Yeah. Well said, Sandri. Thank you. <laughs> from, I, feel so, I feel like I've reflected so much on this pod now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from... Uh, yeah, get it all out, man. <laughs> 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 um, from my perspective i think like the sorting out your roster element leads to the game time decision making element and there's sort of like a virtuous cycle where Mm -hmm. like today i was like trying to put together an offer for phil foden yeah and there was just like nothing i could feasibly offer for him that didn't make me like look like a dick
0: Um, Hey, I say look like a dick. (laughs) Be that dick, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Which means that I'm in a good place where I have high value assets and streamers.
2: Yeah.
1: And like, ideally, you want your roster to constantly be consolidating mid tier assets into high value assets. Yeah and then replacing the mid-tier assets with streamers until you can get sort of like the most 10-plus points-per-game players that you can have. And so, like, I'll drop people that are good, that have value, that I could have traded out, maybe, (laughs) just so I can stream players in. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, uh, you know, sort of like the... uh, uh, making making my life a little bit harder. But, for example, like, last weekend, it was just, like, I'm dropping Bully.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, let let laugh and let live. Like, Nia and Maria are being preferred. Uh, Felipe is God knows where, but theoretically still exists. Scott McKinnon yeah. is sometimes starting, like, <laughs> I don't need to deal with this. And the players that can stream in, we can get this value back somewhere else. And so, like... Yeah. Um, I think believing in yourself there is important, but also, you know, knowing when to walk away. Yeah. That's the hardest thing in any sort of like gambling odds type situation is like when you see the downturn, if you act early, that's always better than acting too late.
0: Yeah. Wise words, man. We should do like a lifestyle pod. That's what we should do. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're actually going to start a cult, guys. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. But uh, see you next week, same time, same place. <laughs> of course. Um, okay. This, or uh, do you want to read the next question?
0: Yeah. Uh. So it's from Kalendo at Kalendo one two three four. Uh, So thanks for the Tavernier advice last week. Helped me big time. Uh, And what he wants to know is Udogi, Livermento, Toffolo, Ake, or Benmi until game week 19. I mean, instead of picking one from all of the five, why don't we rank them? Yeah, great,
1: great call. And I think it's interesting that you called him uh, K-Lindo there because I would have gone with Klindo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well you got both versions now. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Kaylindo Lindo or Clindo? um what's what's the ranking here? For me it's Benmi Me one um, Udogie two Toffalo three Livermento four Ake five
2: i've been Slightly. keeping up
1: with ake but city's schedule is like hellacious i mean CCD and he's defenders. Rot- and he's rotatable s- but he's like I- of them he is the best right that's my, yeah. That was my yeah. impression yeah
0: but i mean he he's getting like these random attack returns every now and then so that's yeah. also probably inflating his points a little bit right? yeah
1: which is okay but- so if i'm allowed to do my harry toffolo spiel he had two of the <laughs> worst assists of all time against Aston Villa, and yeah. it's what it that alone is making him look like a good option to people. Where he's not bad, but he is a replacement level stream defender.
0: Fair, fair. I mean, I I, I probably would have uh, left Toffolo like put Toffolo a bit higher. Um, so, I mean, gut right now got call... I'd say Ben Me first, then Livermento, then Toffolo, then Udogi, then Ake.
1: Um, yeah, U- Udogi is just so interesting because like on paper, bad, on yeah. performance, good. Yeah. And at some point, I feel like he has to turn it around. At some point, right? And, or not I, I mean, or, or he just never does but like yeah. I, I mean the attacking positions he was getting into against Villa was just like outrageous he missed like mm-hmm. a one on one where he didn't even pepper the keeper but if he just gets yeah, if he just weak tamely hits it into the arms of Emmy Martinez suddenly it's like a much better score for that game week
0: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of players that look good eye test shit fan tracks option Mm. right Um, I'm but it's just player. like <laughs> it's just that like with Spurs being in such chaos like I'm not expecting clean sheets any- anytime soon and I feel like he's a better attacking player with Spurs at you know their full-fledged evolved version or whatever with everyone fit <laughs> everyone purring like so that's why yeah, he- he's
1: low for me Spurs fixtures until game week 19 are also terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah. like with the until game week 19 caveat, I'm not totally sure what's happening in game week 19. Maybe it's like a half season league. Um, but yeah, I you're right. Udogie should be lower on the ranking.
0: Oh, yeah, he might be the half season like uh, league guy cuz I remember we got a question about that at some point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so so then Udo would have to be lower. I, I mean, like, Benmi is so clear, number one, out of this group, though, that... Um...
0: Even though he has a blank in 18. Oh, does he have a blank in 18? Yeah, City and uh, Brentford blank in 18. So would he have played City that week? Yeah, that's a good question. Eh? So is that a <laughs> positive score? So, so I, I guess we got to... So let's put now Udogi, Ake, and Benmi at the bottom of the barrel. Now the debate is Livermento versus Toffolo. <laughs> oh my God.
1: No, I'm, Benmi with a blank <laughs>
0: is better than them too. Sorry. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, but, true. Um, that's true. Yeah, I don't, <sighs> Dude, is,
0: is, is, is livermento good? Oh, he's fantastic! Is he nailed? That's the question. No,
1: <laughs> I mean, I love the confidence with which you said he's fantastic.
0: But is he? Yeah, he's so good. I think he's great. I mean, this is also a lot of healthy Chelsea bias because he was yeah, because he was kids, like so, so
1: good for the under twenty ones for Chelsea. Yeah, dude. I mean, like. <laughs> in his in that 90 against Chelsea, I thought he was pretty good. He bagged eight points in before that in 90 minutes against Arsenal and Bournemouth, he put up three point2 points in my league and mm-hmm. then before that that season he had put up like 1.3 points or something. i I don't I don't know if I see it for fantasy.
0: I mean, nailed options you've got Ben Me, Toffolo, and Udogi. And I Lewis think in Hall that in order
1: Five minutes put up Yeah. Uh, put up 10 point. 90% of Levermentos points for the entire season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> but but yeah, again, it, it's like if you need a nail starter, you're looking at Ben Mee toflo and adogi if you want like if you have the flexibility then you're looking at livermento ake and i think exactly in those orders but i think we're we're kind of agreed like if you can somehow survive that blank then ben me is probably your best option yeah yeah cool all right so our next question uh do you want to take
1: that one yeah you could also theoretically drop ben me and put in whoever in game week from or whatever. yeah like you should run with <laughs> him too. until yeah yeah Um, so uh, Robbie P at a team of Kara's big time uh, content creator um, asks discarding that 30 point score against Burnley Cash is scoring 4 points per start is it time to drop slash trade out for peanuts
0: I mean this is a question that is really one for you to answer I'm a cash Cash owner so Sanji give it yourself (laughs) So you know what I I um uh is it a a, a glutton something for pain? What is the glutton for up? punishment? Yes, <laughs> that's the saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I know Cash is bad, and he's not scoring points. And you know, you take away that lucky ass clean sheet that he got against Luton by coming off early away, and his score looks even worse. But it's like. Bournemouth up next. Surely he's gonna finally put, you know, another goal in. Like. And maybe I should clarify a goal in the opponent's net, not his own one. Because <laughs> I, I did that with Webster, and it turned out exactly like that. That's incredible. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know, man. What do you do? What do you do at this point? Like, because I don't think I can get trade value for him. I don't think. Anyone's gonna give me fab like more than five fab let's see um do I just you know stick him into my bench as depth and hope that things eventually turn around? uh I actually
1: think that you were sort of like on to the truth here, which is um that you uh hold against Bournemouth and hope he puts up ten plus. Mm. And then you try and trade out for you know like luxury peanuts. <laughs> um, I don't think like pistachios drop, I don't think a drop is a cashes. bad call either. I mean, like cash is just cash is a Tino livermento in the sense that he's sort of like a pretty fundamentally defensive winger and that doesn't have our fullback and that doesn't have a ton of value in fan tracks. Um, I, I think like a good comp is sort of like a Tyreek Mitchell now obviously him playing right mid a couple of times this season has inflated his value and his perception yeah. so if he yeah. plays right mid again against Bournemouth which is possible because it's an away fixture yeah. and let's say he bags a goal or something suddenly maybe you can sucker someone into trading you I don't know philip billing who i wouldn't even really want in a trade but maybe you could sucker someone
0: into doing it sounds like a reasonable deal you know i was thinking of an unreasonable deal um but it's because i feel like way too many managers are giving this guy unnecessary heat is jack grealish (laughs) What oh, if yeah. I send it to the Jack Grealish owner? Be like, hey, here's a playing player, you know? Give me your your drunk, uh, you know, bouncy-haired kid that uh, refuses or, you know, doesn't uh, look good for the champions anymore.
1: Yeah, I feel the need to, like, defend Jack Grealish for some reason in uh, like, the Discord. <laughs> you I have myself, been. I think you've been doing very a job defensive, at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where it was like, he was throwing up. How has his stock gone down? <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like oh but doku had a really good game i was like yeah that's it. yeah fair enough he did have a really good game but i feel like it's not a stock down like doku's having a good season
0: yeah he is he's he's absolutely killing it all right uh next question is from yaoji8 uh so he has netto and missed out on waivers for Flecken. So he's asking which of the following goalkeepers should he hold for the Christmas break? Uh, so he sent us a screenshot of, uh, some of the options in his pool. Uh, we're looking at Sam Johnston, Fodringham, Turner, Pickford, Kaminsky, Trafford, Ramsdale, Vlachadimos, Verbruggen, Strakosha, and it just keeps getting fucking worse. So I'm not going <laughs> to list the last name. Um, what are your thoughts? I one name jumps out to me immediately, and I know he's not going to be a popular option. But I've been saying on the last few pods, he's just ticking along quietly with points. Yeah,
1: uh, I I like that he went for the in this house we say Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays, <laughs> or festive period to make it football. Oh, <laughs> it's a Christmas yeah. break. It's not the festive period. <laughs> <laughs> um uh the name that sticks out to me on waivers is uh blacodimos
0: yeah i like that
1: um that's really the only one that's uh calling to me i have to say
0: is kaminsky a terrible idea Cause he,
1: yeah, dude, come on, man. <laughs>
0: also, like,
1: they clearly have like weird goalkeeper scoring. Cause like Kaminsky scoring four point five points a game, so like, it's a pretty significant difference from like Vlako uh per game scoring to Kaminsky's. I mean, he's scoring almost like uh, one point seven x more. Which, I, I mean, I don't know how their overall scoring is set up, but uh, om- nearly doubling the output there is uh, pretty valuable.
0: Also, I mean, the fact that he has Neto, you tipped Neto to probably yeah. be one of the best goalkeepers rest of season. I don't know if the fact that he scored zero points this game week is the reason Yao 8 is maybe having a reactionary <sighs> moment. Yeah. I'd say just hold Neto. Hold Neto, case, really, if you still love him. Yeah. Hold Neto,
1: but Vlacodemos I do think, is like a good option and is like a half tier below Neto or like lower in the same tier, where yeah. like the Forest and Bournemouth keepers should be good fantasy options. Yeah, yeah,
0: true. All right. Uh, okay. We have another question.
1: Here we got FA Scout. He sent this message in at high noon and he said, Is Barkley a keep or
0: a drop? Had a disappointing weekend. I feel like FanTrax managers these days are more reactionary than before. Is it me or is it like <laughs> I hope I'm like like not, not knocking on like <laughs> the people asking us questions, but just the other day it feels like Barkley was like the hot thing. That yeah. you know came out. And, yeah, uh, dude, one I, bad game and people are like, nah, terrible drop. But I think
1: like the I think you're actually pointing at the right issue here, which is that Barkley was the hot thing in the first place. Which was yeah. like that's for me, that's the real reactionaryism where it's like look <laughs> <like, laughs> I can't even talk because I have him in, in one of my <laughs> Well, not one, in my league. Um, yeah. But uh, he'll be dropped. Um, yeah. And uh, this question actually promoted, uh, provoked some soul searching in me because I was like, is there a Luton asset that is truly worth using a roster spot on? Mm-hmm. And I have come to the conclusion that the answer is no. <laughs> and I would I would like to hear your your thoughts on this, Sanji. Is is there any Luton player that you think is worth using a roster spot on? And this doesn't uh... mean if they have a good run of fixtures, this means like you're holding on to them for the year unless they get injured or you trade them.
0: Alfie Doughty and Carlton Morris, maybe. Um,
1: but are, they, are, <laughs> like, are you happy if you're rolling out Alfie Doughty every week? Uh,
0: It could be worse. I've got worse players that I'm rolling out every week. Seriously? So yeah.
1: Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, si- since October 7th, Doughty has played, he's started every match, and he's, in my league, put up scores of 8.8, fine, 10.7, good, 1.3 against Villa, 7.9 against Liverpool, 6.9 against Manchester United, 7.6 against Crystal Palace. Like, that is the definition of replacement level, and you're using it on a midfielder that is never going to have good fixtures because he plays for Luton. Very good point. I mean, like, maybe eventually Luton plays Sheffield United and Burnley back to back or something. But, like, yeah. fundamentally, like, Palace at home is a target fixture for any team. And Luton won that game, and he still only put up 7.6 points.
0: Damn. That is some um, hard truth right there. <laughs> and I, I, no, I mean, listen, don't I don't totally get me started it. on Carlton I, Morris. Could. Have you seen his? points yeah it gets worse same match it's like
1: that's outrageous he's
0: yeah I, and he's 85 percent rostered it's insane
1: <laughs> it's insane and then you like try and talk yourself into like the hot new thing where it's like ooh, she does young benny you know ooh, uh, tendon mengi ooh, jacob brown actually is, has crazy xg plus xga <laughs> it's like what are we doing here
0: yeah it's uh it's pretty sad, i mean obviously if you if you look at like the season as a whole, like the names that we've mentioned are the ones that will obviously be at the top because they've had such a banging start to the season, but you look at the last few game weeks, yeah they're there are they're pretty fucking dire options man, pretty, pretty bad,
1: you know who was sort of appealing to me before they got hurt was um Reese Burke. Because he was putting up a lot of ghost points. That was like the one person that sort of stood out to me when I watched them as well as um, Kabore.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think like if I was going to own any Luden assets long term, those would be the two. But they're both hurt. So um,
0: yeah. And the thing is, is like, I feel like the only safe play is when they're at home as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I.
1: they're in my league, which is sixteen team, uh seven players are owned, and uh, like a bunch of them are going to get immediately dropped. So like Marvelous Nakamba is owned right now for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like I need to like just just give you a second. Let me just DM this manager real quick. Like, what the hell are you doing with your
1: life? <laughs> yeah, I'm, honestly, I was like, I uh I just got concerned.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Um, I mean, scout, you could probably drop him. Yeah, I that, drop. That I think is the conclusion. If you have yeah. to
1: ask, drop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last question is from one of the fan favorites. Uh, one of the big voices in our Discord are Man City inside Tracks rep, 32 Chickens, Ben. So this is another Villa-related question. Uh, Diaby and Bailey, is this turning into a timeshare? If you held both, asking for a friend, of course, <laughs> is it time to cut losses, i.e. sell Diaby, or just knuckle down... Or give thanks for these wonderful choices going into the crowded rotational December?
1: Yeah, so I mean uh, great question. 32 chickens and also very uh, Villa appropriate, which I'm uh, thankful for. Um. So Diaby plus Bailey, is this turning into a timeshare? Uh, I think the definitive answer is no, but have Diaby's performances been slightly disappointing recently? Yes. Um, and he looks a bit tired and looks like he's coming to terms with like the long-term physicality of the league, which is normal growing pains, I think. Um, and actually, just sort of like to bolster the Diaby-Bailey timeshare point, like Yuri Tielemans actually came on and played... The Diaby position and Bailey Mm -hmm. played the Matty Cash (laughs) position. Now, obviously, this is like specifically for this game. Uh, Bailey did come on in the Diaby position in the previous game, but um, Diaby is still the no doubt starter. He just needs to put start putting in more consistent performances. And anyone who's been like a European football observer over the last few years knows that. Diaby does have consistent performances in his locker. Um, It's just a matter of the team uh, unlocking that. And uh, I think the Tottenham fixture in particular was like way too chaotic for him and way too fast paced. Those are the games that he's sort of struggled in this year from my own personal perspective are
0: the teams that like are really intense in their pressure. I'm really happy like Bailey's absolutely banging the season, oh dude, but but like I'm assuming is it like just injury worries that he's not starting Mm-mm. like in the league at least, so he's like turning into our <laughs>
1: uh this is gonna be flattery by comparison, but into like mm. our version of uh Ooligun alshi where fair like um, he has way more impact uh, off the bench and every single game that he's started in the league that I can recall, he's Mm. flattered to deceive and been incredibly disappointing. But from the bench, Mm -hmm. when he has the opportunity to run at tired defenders and play in space, he is electric and has really made the difference in a number of games this season. And, seems like Emery's finally found like a role that he can thrive in and we can't undersell how important the Conference League is here in terms of keeping these players happy and motivated where Bailey gets a start every week basically and then comes in to the first team game looking for about like 45 to 30 minutes to show his stuff And that balance has been really healthy for us. It's just, of course, slightly disappointing for fantasy managers that would be hoping that Villa have a few more 90 minute plus nailed starters when it seems like really in the league, you're only getting that from Douglas Louise and Ollie Watkins and the defenders, of course, but they're not great ghost point defenders.
0: Yeah, I mean Luka Dini is, but
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, I was thinking like Torres and Kansa.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they're they're not good. Torres for this not weekend. Good. He's going too old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like Leon Bailey this season, if you play with auto subs, best asset out there, I think. <laughs> like, yeah, because I test wise, he just. He he gets subbed on and you're like, oh, this kid is gonna cause chaos. A goal is definitely coming. Like you can sense it every single yeah. time. And- Especially
1: at home. He uh this is a great stat. I think mm. if he scores one more goal at home without scoring away,
2: mm.
1: he will uh set the all time record for most score goals scored at home in the Premier League before scoring away. Wow. He's never scored away. <laughs> this is a, this is a valuable piece of information for fan tracks uh, managers.
0: I, I, what's what's crazy is that, like, I mean, they're three players tied on three goals, which is the third highest um, number, or whatever tally, or whatever uh, for like the Premier League for you guys. But he's done it in 380 minutes alone. Mm. <laughs> like that that's that's kind of mental, man.
1: His permanent rate was better than Hallam I think. <laughs> like he's he's his permanent rate is crazy this season.
0: It's crazy, and like he's only started two games. Like yeah, it's wild. It's wild.
1: But I'm I'm just here to say he's only st- started two games for a reason. So like yeah. to answer the question, it's not a, it's not a real timeshare, and there's room for both Diaby and Bailey. The the. Yeah. The question is just: Can we get Diaby performing consistently like he was at the beginning of the season?
0: Yeah. Would you ever start Bailey as a like if he's bench? Would you start him like let's say you know Christmas congestion period? You've got a bunch of players that are bench right now. Surely, like if you own Bailey, Bailey is one of those players that you risks just throwing in your lineup and assuming that he comes off the bench and has an impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think bailey is ownable uh Mm. personally even though he is having like a big impact from the bench like yeah you want consistent scoring in fan tracks and when you're relying on someone coming off the bench like if suddenly the game doesn't suit it the team is three nil up and they just Emory puts on defensive options to just shut up shop suddenly you're locked into a zero for the week in that sort of like variance I don't I can't tolerate. I want mm-hmm. like players that ghost well in my teams mm-hmm. um to set like a floor for performance. Yeah. Um because you like you never know when your opponent's going to roll out with like a 60 point week.
0: Yeah. He's 65% owned, which is why I as, as so
1: <laughs> so Look, I don't want to. I don't want to call anyone dumb, but owning <laughs> a player that has made two starts in the league <laughs> is not smart. Uh, it's not smart. Yeah, and Villa cool. are playing City and Arsenal soon, albeit at home. So, uh, I, it's not a great time to own any Villa assets. After that, they go to Brentford away, which is a really tough fixture. Yeah. So, like. Like I was saying, this Bournemouth game is like almost a must win for the Champions League race for Villa. Uh, Because, I mean, I think we could easily come away from City, Arsenal and Brentford away with zero
0: points. Fair. I mean, Christmas time is always an unpredictable time of the season, right? Some wild shit always happens. Fucking yeah. hell, we've got a Christmas Eve game for crying out loud. can't that's believe that. Who's playing in that? Obviously, Chelsea.
1: <laughs> okay. Seriously?
0: Yeah, Chelsea Wolves. Oh my
1: god, what a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to not be entertaining to watch.
0: It's a good thing it's uh, Christmas and we'll probably be plastered, so... Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh, those are the questions and that is the pod. Beautiful. That's a wrap, John. Do you have fun again? You yeah, enjoy of
1: course, man. That's why I, <laughs> you know, that's why I keep coming back. Podding, uh, like you, podding with you is like a drug,
0: Sanji. Oh, love it. Just inject that coming shit back into back for my more. veins. <laughs> love it. Uh, do you have any final pieces of advice or anything you want to say before we sign off? No, just, you know, I feel like
1: across the board it's getting a little dark people are getting a little down and just to remember to keep having fun you know you do this in the first place to have fun and it's a game that we all like playing so obviously it's a little better when you're winning but just try and keep uh, a smile on your face and uh try and do things that help you enjoy this game that we're playing and you know, like if it's changing how you watch the games for the worse or something like that, maybe evaluate that. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> try, try and try and, uh, consume the content in a way that makes you happy and, uh, it'll help you get through these long and hard weeks. I know I'm grinding it out in the office right now before Christmas. So
0: yeah, for I mean, the festive period yeah <laughs> <laughs> we gotta respect all our listeners out there, you know <laughs> um i I mean, I know I previewed this as like game week fourteen, fifteen, sixteen pod, and we didn't really I guess cover the content in that way or whatever, but typically, like I mean, you being an experienced um toga slash fantrax manager, especially this time around where games are thick and fast, we got three game weeks in one week, what would you say has worked best for you surviving this sort of i don't I don't know. like deathly period. Well, yeah,
1: great, great question. I mean, to be honest, I like these past. (laughs) Oh, God, this is going to be depressing. These past (laughs) uh, three years that we've had uh, COVID have been so bad for the fixture congestion and like the double game weeks. And I just like always check out in this period. So I might not be like, The best person to ask, I think each of like the last two seasons, I was up near the top of the table, if not in the top of the table and just like totally evaporated once the COVID postponements (laughs) started happening. Um, So I'm really crossing my finger for no COVID postponements this season. Oh, my fucking God. Um, But (laughs) barring the COVID postponements, I think what's really important is what I've done well this season, which is. Keeping flexibility in your bench. Yeah. So um, uh, if you're Sanji, maybe start eyeing those Harvey Barnes, Ivan Tony spots and thinking about the <laughs> cost benefit of cutting bait, even though you've held them all season and they're yeah. your beautiful children and you can't stand to see <laughs> them go. You know, sometimes you need to be an empty nester and think maybe they'll be better off without me. <laughs> So, like, in terms of my roster right now, I have Simikas, O'Shea, me, Hall, and Iyer. And other than Ben me, nothing would happen if I saw one of those guys walk out that door. (laughs) Like, I would feel nothing. Uh, Maybe Lewis Hall, you know, I have, like, a slight amount of attachment to. But for, like, the festive period, this is, like, super useful because... really you're just trying to get marginal gains through streams and availability. And if you're listening to a podcast like this, I know that you're already on top of it. So don't like let your attachment to a player force you to waste uh, a blank because these games count just as much as the other games. And suddenly you might find yourself in a hole that you can't dig yourself out of. So, um, I am live right now dropping Ross Barkley just to put my mouth where my money where my mouth is. Yeah. And uh, now I have a empty bench spot. What am I going to use it for? Who knows. So hopefully something better than Ross Barkley.
0: Yeah. So just be flexible. That's that's a great fucking advice. Um that's something we love seeing as well. Like it's always useful to have that one open spot in your roster especially when uh, the games are just weird right now um, yeah. and you kind of want something in your back pocket to pull out at the last second can i can i give um,
1: you yeah. a little sneaky back pocket pick
0: yeah go for it
1: is i look i've been eyeing this man up and down all season just waiting for the starts to start hitting and that is the colombian legend luis Sinistera from bournemouth oh. Because in his cameo performance, he is saucing, and yeah. we just need to get him out there on the pitch. I mean, he's averaging almost as many points per game as Semenyo from the bench as Semenyo is starting, and Semenyo has yeah. been pretty good. So,
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'm. That is the number one player I would have my finger on the trigger for for these uh,
0: rotation minutes. That's an excellent shout. Love that. Uh, for me uh, i mean i don't really have any useful advice um if you want useful <laughs> advice listen back to the pod or listen to our waivers pod what can i tell you um but i i think just to reiterate what john said um have fun uh we're into the festive period of the year now um now i mean if fantasy shit go have fun with your family enjoy all the mulled wine if you don't drink enjoy the non-alcoholic mulled wine i don't know eat lots of cake sweet things um if you're vegan well then god help you during this festive period um (laughs) i I don't know vegan recipes but yeah uh enjoy the break guys if you have any questions you know come join the discord dm us uh we're constantly chatting every day happy to drop advice uh feedback that sort of stuff run polls you know um but yeah until uh the next episode then or next time i see you john um peace. peace